This is the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and this is the show where I bring to life the true failures, the true successes, and the true learnings from recruiters and recruitment business owners globally. This podcast is now sponsored and supported by Hunted. Hunted is the destination for recruitment careers. You can download the mobile app or visit hunted.com to step inside the offices of hundreds of the world's best recruitment brands and see what it's actually like to work there. If you did not know, recruitment skills are in high demand and there's never been such a diverse range of opportunities out there for recruiters. On Hunted, you can filter jobs and brands by location, sector and size, as well as nearly 60 different badges that are awarded to businesses based on their features and benefits. You can discover brands who will relocate you overseas, brands that offer flexible working or brands that are a fast growth and with an in-house L&D function. Filter by companies in WeWorks, companies with office dogs, or companies that have invested in a mental well-being initiative. You can build an anonymous profile in minutes and spec yourself into brands to learn more. Or you can let businesses approach you with opportunities that match your preferences. And if you want to have a bit more of a human touch, then Hunted's expert talent team are on hand to support you securing your next role. You can follow Hunted on LinkedIn to ensure you never miss out on the industry's best content and objective advice, connecting you with the opportunity and helping you make the most of your recruitment career. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz. I'm in a, uh, another WeWork, getting less and less excited to come to these, if I'm honest. They just <laughs> all look the same. And um, I'm joined today by Alex Stone, who is a country director for Orbis. And Alex is um, heading up the American division for Orbis. That's right. Yeah. Alex, thank you for uh, joining me, mate. Pleasure. Um, as, I was sa- as I was saying to you, where I always like to start is how, uh, how did Alex Stone from Essex getting to uh, recruitment. Talk to me. Uh, well, oh, I'm going to have to go back. So um, I started off as a personal trainer. Okay. Then I, then I changed uh, I, I changed careers, got into events management in London. Okay. Uh, which is something I always want to get into. What, you, events management? Yeah, I wanted really? to get into events management. What, for PR a, promoter? Um, it wasn't promoting. It was more like location management. So we did okay. films. We did you know, things like Dark Knight. We did... Yeah. Uh, PlayStation game launches at Halo. Oh, really? Some really cool stuff, but um, it doesn't pay money. It's it's, yeah. it's kind of made for people that are already rich. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, 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 one of my friends, my old school friends, yeah. um, college friends, uh, was in recruitment, um, and that's Craig, okay. who, who works for oh, Thirty wow. Six. Yeah, I remember the point. I think it was on the train one day, and it was it was something like he was going to Bali for a holiday, and yeah. I was going to. No, Cornwall or something like that. <laughs> and I, want, I, 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 I wanted to have a piece of that. And then he got me an interview with um, the company he worked at, who at the time was my uh, my football manager. Really? Yeah. What? Coincidentally. And um, went in there and got the job and went from there. 
Okay, yeah. so I didn't know anything about recruitment. I was going to say, what was your perception like? I, you... I had no idea that really? it had the reputation it did, or yeah, that you had to, what you had to do about it. It literally went off, in completely blind, off the whim. How they sell it to you? Obviously, they're your mates, so I can imagine they'd be a bit more honest and say that yeah, you're going to I mean, get 100k. It was hard and... sales. I mean, I, I, I came from a, a reasonably hard sales yeah, role, so I was negotiating contracts in my job before yeah. and used to you know, work in the, the money side of it, so yeah. understanding emotions and yeah, how, yeah. how people work. Um, not that it's at all related to recruitment, but <laughs> <laughs> I, but you've been in those types yeah, of situations I, and all that. What they were selling, I could relate to. So yeah, um, yeah. it just kicked off. Really? Yeah, they just said, "Yeah, come in. Let's, let's give it a crack." And how long was it you there for? Just to sort of set the. Uh, yeah, so Craig was my friend, and there was there was about three or four teams and individuals are running the teams. Yeah, and um, Craig was working on a different team to the team I joined. Mm. Uh, Wayne was running the team that I joined. Okay, who's. Uh, one of the founders of, of, of Orbis, Orbis. Of yeah. who you work for now. Who work okay. for now so yeah. Craig and Wayne, just to let everyone know and understand that, because you'll probably refer to them a couple of times. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they obviously founded Orbis, That's right. which is now obviously the business that you're part of and um, work for and also part own as well, yeah? Is it? Perfect. So then so then, how long did you work in that first recruitment job for? Um, two and a half, three years. Two and a half, three years. Yeah. And then after that, you then left Orbis where you're now and it's been, what, five you say five and a half years earlier? Yeah, we've been going five and a half years. So, yeah, we was going for two and a half years um, and the company just got smaller and smaller at 36. Really? People just leave in. Um, yeah, it was one of those typical recruitment companies where I joined, I joined we had two massive accounts, two big you know, financial yeah. services accounts yeah. that were just giving us so Rubbish. many roles that yeah. I mean a lot of oh, roles right, okay, were competing so, yeah. against five or six other agencies, yeah. portal-driven oh. recruitment. That that style, yeah. and it was it was basically first come first served. Whoever got that candidate. Really? At, you know, was, what, so you said financial services. Was it in the market that you're operating now, or was it just? We predominantly different? do financial services, but in the last three years, we've we've, I'd say we're more just covering the whole of digital yeah. outside. But so when you got into recruitment, you did UX. Is it, did you start in that or not? No, I didn't. I did all C sharp recruit engineering. Okay, so it's slightly different. Obviously, different to what you did now. It was. It was. Yeah, and then we first when. when I've been doing UX recruitment for about seven of the eight and a half years I've been doing it for, oh, wow. for, so for a long time. When we first started to see UX roles come out, and it's the area I was, I took a particular shine to. Really? And um, this is the old days of, I don't know if you remember, but mm. Morgan Stanley built the, the Matrix platform and uh, all the other banks wanted to jump on it. UBS, RBS wanted to jump on. Uh, what? No, I have no idea what that means. Uh, mate. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> Leave that. <laughs> so I, 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 um, I went down the, the, the UX Avenue and yeah. just, just pushed that and helped grow that out yeah, um, yeah. from day one. Really? And when we moved over here, it was um, UX grew into just digital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all the web world and mm. design. Okay. Yeah. So just quickly, I know you said that you don't have the best memory. <laughs> so if you can't remember everything, that's, that's fine. But I, I do always like to ask people, like, you can talk about it for, for the whole experience, but, like, how were those first couple of years for you in recruitment? Because I know you said literally you went into it blind. You had no idea. Like, you, you're just working, working out as you went along. But, like, was it difficult? Like, did you find it tough and, and these things? Because I had a very difficult first year in recruitment that I openly say on here. But, like, how were your sort of first year, two years in recruitment? Uh, they were tough, like I said. You know, there, there was a portal-driven mm. experience, so it was yeah. just sitting there, sitting on a database. I think this was even pre-LinkedIn, so really, you had to sit there and just churn through databases, going through, try and pinch other people's hot lists. Yeah, know? it was that. It was that style. It was pretty cutthroat. Really, um, which I guess made me, made built me into you know, the recruitment recruiter that I am today. Just what that, the opposite of that? Just 
Uh, well, just giving you thick skinned, really. So now you've got to be, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that, yeah, that is what a, a recruiter is, just yeah. to, just to churn it out. Originally, when you first start out, yeah, you've yeah, got to yeah, cut yeah, your teeth yeah. really to to survive. Because I can't I don't know what the percentage is, but a lot of people quit in the first twelve months. Don't even. I met loads, like, what, like one in four people, I think. I've heard yeah. loads, in loads of places. Yeah, so um, it was it was hard work, but I never really chased down the 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 growth of it. It was just mm. I was just spoon fed roles, really? portal driven. Had to get there, get around, go find a meet the business. Yeah. Always out on on meetings, trying to grow out individual areas that I was, you know, given to specialise in yeah, before yeah, yeah. I got into UX side of it. And um, so when did it? When did when did you? When was it less? So when you was building out the UX piece, was it less being spoon fed stuff? And that was that when things started to change for you? Um, yeah, it was. It was because I, I think I was one of the first within financial services anyway that was really took on to or us as a as a as a company, especially when we joined Orbis. Yeah, started to um, realise that it wasn't that saturated of a market. Yeah, um, compared which to obviously the, a huge advantage as a recruiter. Which is yeah, it is. It was just an area that was like somewhat a, right. a niche space, yeah. um, and we managed to tap onto it pretty mm. early on. Yeah, um, and the business backed it, and we just we went for it, and mm. we did we did well out of it. It helped. Yeah. It helped having that niche and as a, using it as a battering ram to get into other yeah, clients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With that, that we, we only do that. That massively helps, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. So then, basically, what was <coughs> did you did you always have the I guess when you entered this world of recruitment, like did you ever think about? being a potentially owning part of your own recruitment business and stuff like that, do you know what I mean? Or is it all just sort of quite evolved organically and sort of naturally quite happened because you've got these really good relationships with Craig and Wayne and all these things, do you know what I mean? How did you ever think about that sort of two, three years in? Because it was three and a half years you was there, yeah? So like, was you At the there? previous company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two and a half, three years. Two, sorry, yeah. yeah, two and a half, three years. So like, yeah, like what did you think about potentially having your own recruitment business and stuff like that or was it just... No, I mean, I, 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 actually, when, when Orbis, sorry, when 336, I left 336 and the, uh, Wayne and Craig decided to set up their own company yeah. and asked me and one other to go and uh, work for them. Um, yeah, we just uh, loved Bought the idea of it. Yeah, yeah, to be honest, those two were the, were the, were the main people of that company. Really? Um, yeah, and if we, knew, if we knew if they were leaving. At that point, actually, Craig had left and was in, working in Hong Kong for a couple of years. And okay. Wayne, so I think it was Wayne said to Craig, let's... let's do our own thing, leave mm. leave Hong Kong, mm. um, and come back and start our own company up. And they poached me and me and Nick over, and we was over here for, um, you know, I, I've been in the US for a couple of years now, a year and a half. Yeah. And um, Orbis was isn't my company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I am um, I I moved over to to the US a year and a half ago, and me, Wayne, and Craig decided to open up the business, yeah. um, which was yeah, like I said, December seventeen. Okay. Moved over. Cool. All right then. Well, let let's break down a bit before you got to that point, because like. Joining the business, obviously, you've got really good relationships with these people, which massively helps. But yeah. just you being you for, like, where did you start? Was it just you for in like this small room, just like pinging it out? Like, what, what, what was that yeah, like? Yeah, it was. It was a classic startup. It was. I remember you know, unboxing the computers, <laughs> plugging them in, like, really? and first day, just like you know, clapping our hands. And being, right, what, what do we, what do we where, do? where do we start? Let's, let's, <laughs> let's put our heads together. And uh, I think Wayne brought on the first big client um, who we had a good relationship with, and we just. Um, Grew it out from there. Did a good job mm. with, with that one client, which is always the way to do business, I think. Um, mm. Do an exceptional job with one client. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That organically will grow into... Uh, and did you continue to, down the UX route or was that what everyone was At doing? that point, no. It was, you know, it was, we were, we were happy to just get yeah. our first role in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I think was a C-sharp role. And yeah, and, and then, you know, Craig was obviously got a lot, lot of contacts. Been working in the, in the space for a long time. And mm. um, yeah, we just o opened it out. Really? From, from there, yeah. It was, I remember it was it was hard graft for the first 
I mean, it's always hard graft, but it was for the first 12 months, it was um, just picking up and, and running with it. Really? Yeah. Was it what you expected? Um, it was exciting. That's it, what it, I mean, it, yeah. Yeah, it was super exciting. We was, we was in there in like a shared office space um, amongst, you know, a couple of other companies. Nothing like, our, you know, that's it, we work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, it, must have been, it must have been fun because like... Obviously, it's nice to do it with people that obviously you know outside of the sort of the work world. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That all, that's all so added to it because you're all on this sort of journey together, and you're trying to build something like something special as to where, where it got to now. But that must have helped, surely, sort of to to know each other like that. Yeah, it was. It was. We're all, we're all mates, so yeah. it was. We all knew. What we're but in, I'm sure there's also for. some trouble with that as well. Uh, I don't remember there ever being any. Not, really? not for me. It's anyway. pretty sweet. Not, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> I might have been sheltered from what was Fez. going on. <laughs> but what I was going to say. So, so then that year, that first year at Orbis, was you on the tools the whole time? Like, was you obviously? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. I mean, it's only been up until the last, I'd say, two years that I've taken a bit more of a step back off the tools. Yeah. Um, I, st- I still get involved now. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, if if there's something obvious which I need to jump on, but hmm. um, yeah, it was it was. Cut your teeth, grind. Yeah, something yeah, comes across yeah. your desk. You got to, you know, work all sorts of hours to, to fill it and yeah. just just grow out the company. And then I think um, in the first, you know, I think it was in the first six months, we we actually brought another chap over. Um, there was there was another chap that come over from thirty three six, um, and then he left to go do a, a, a master's degree, and then he come back and we start to grow grow mm. up on that. And did you when did you when did you start then growing out? Did you have your own team then? Did you end up having your own team? I didn't have my my. I didn't start growing my team until um, when was it? Probably the two and a half years in. Really? I'd say maybe two years in. So you were yeah. just really, really getting the client relationships locked in for yourself, building your network, candidates, clients, all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, we need to start getting someone under, underneath your belt when yeah. you're starting to pick up too many roles, or well, a lot of roles that you need some support on, which you can give guidance on, and mm. everyone that was there from the beginning. Um, we just we we had enough on that we could start getting people in to support us. Which, yeah, which yeah. to be honest, that was pretty early on. That was really? that was within the first year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But my my team, I think, was in the second year. Really. Yeah. So how um so how was you what what was I know again this may sound really basic but I think I was telling you before like one of the most common things people always ask me about is and that I find it really difficult is when you're early on trying to build out a desk and these things right I know obviously <coughs> you came from a previous company. Um, and probably leverage that after your restricted covenants or whatever. But like, what? How did you approach building that business? Do you know what I mean? Was it just in terms? Of, was you? How did you approach getting more and more clients, getting more and more people known about Orbis and these things? Like, because that must have been tough at the beginning, right? No one would have known who Orbis was, right? Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, we all had other than me, Wayne and Craig and uh, Nick. There's another chap, one of the ones that come over. Yeah. Was is an ex broker, had a lot of relationships in in industry. And okay. Once you've been in the industry for a certain amount of time, you have a lot of relationships. Yeah. And I, you know, people typically want to work with the individual rather than the yeah, brand. Yeah, of course, of course. Typically, um, so that organically just grew us out within a reasonable short, short space of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's how we grew the, the company out. Mm. Um, and that's how you should really grow any any desk out. Uh, but how did you approach it, mate? Same thing. I mean, I'd, I'd been in recruitment for a couple of years, and um, after doing a good job with one client, they recommended me to another client, yeah. and um, Getting around the industry, reverse BD, started meeting up with uh, candidates, which you flip to, to clients, just yeah, yeah, yeah. classic recruitment methods. Yeah. Um, never really went down the spec and in route. Really? No, we never really had. We never really had to. I know it's like a, a great tool, but yeah. 
um, we were working with a lot of big accounts that were feeding us a lot of roles. Mm. So uh, that's not typically, I mean, if we had a, you know, an absolute cork of a candidate and you knew it was an obvious spec, then, out, then yeah. we did so, but it was never a, yeah, a yeah. BD, sit down and send out yeah, yeah, 60 yeah. CVs today and yeah. you know, what, what, you know, what people do these days <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough mate so okay cool so then so then how did you so obviously before um, you joined Orbis did you manage anyone before no yeah actually the, oh, you did. Yeah, the, the chap that I said um, went to do his masters he, oh, right, he okay. joined and, and worked uh, in my team so I had one chap underneath me yeah uh, and we helped us grow out a desk of, of 36 really previous company yeah. okay cool so you had a bit of experience before you started I doing did yeah, for yeah growing someone up yeah really because I guess how did you find how did you find that transition? Because like typically, again, a, a big challenge for um, recruiters is they they obviously might be really really good billers, and they're like whoever whoever their their manager is or whatever. They're like, great, Alex, let's make two more Alexes or three more Alexes, right? That that's the plan, mm -hmm. right? So I guess how how <coughs> did you find that as you were building out your your team and not just worrying about your own billings, but then all of a sudden you're managing people and these things? How did you find that? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of thrown on me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> started to do well. And, you know, managers, I think, typically when you start to do well from a billing sense, they think, okay, he, he's ready to start building his own team out. Yeah. And in hindsight, it's probably a bit premature. Really? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, 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 you need to... Yeah, that's, that's really common though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. You know, recruitment's success in recruitment is, I guess, how much money you put on the board. Yeah, yeah But yeah. whether you're ready to start growing a team out is... Um, Different than that. Yeah, you need to you need to map out what what the best route is for you if mm. you're in recruitment. Whether you want to go down that that principal solo yeah, yeah. top biller route, or whether you want to start growing your own team out. Yeah. And um, you know, I had someone come come join me, and it naturally just went into to growing him out and giving yeah. him roles. Me going out and being kind of forced to go out and give him positions uh, and so you're, to, so, yeah, to so resource. He was just resourcing, to be honest. Yeah, from, from but obviously you was helping him out bringing him success which was bringing you success yeah and these things yeah. so then how many people did you grow your team to then um at 36 it was just the one mm. um and then we left yeah yeah we left i think we all left on the same day but and then when you started building your team at orbis like two years in or whatever what did you what what is the team now like how how, how many people have you grown it to well i used to look after the digital team when i was in the uk yeah. and we got up to uh five people in my team oh really yeah and uh and then i moved to the u.s um Within the digital team, it was just you know, everything that from from UX to front end engineering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Standard digital. And then, as you, so, just quickly before um, we talk about the whole US piece, like when you had five in your teams, then would you just to help me out? Was you always billing at that point? Yeah, I was a billing manager. Really? Yeah. Which is always you know something. It's a it's a it's a challenge when you just start off trying to keep yeah. your numbers up and uh, and get everyone else's numbers up when you're feeding the desk. And at the time. Um, the business model was, and I had quite a few big accounts, so really? I was feeding feeding the team. Yeah. Um, so the idea at that point was just there, there were resources, and it, now those guys are you know, self yeah, yeah, three sixty yeah. recruiters bringing mm. their own clients. But um, for a good proportion of me managing that team it was me just feeding the team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so is that so yeah? So and, did and then growing them out to understand. Yeah, and yeah. Flipping, flipping candidates and. Yeah. So was that a challenge for you maintaining your numbers then, while she was managing at that point during that period? Yeah, you always you always take a dip. You know, if you start taking on the team, every, I mean, you probably notice if you take one more hire on, you, you you'll probably see a dip in that month. <laughs> if you were to look at you know like a graph, but yeah. um, 
So how did you get better at managing that then? Because I think there's some good stuff in there, mate, where a lot of people will be trying to go through that because it's not easy, is it? So like, how did you get better at that? No doubt you probably wasn't too great at the beginning, but like, how did you get better at it and what things did you learn through that? Well, you just, being organised is, 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 I I started to take my organisation, my daily organisation, a lot more seriously after I think the the, the second hire. Yeah, because when you start getting, you know, two, three people under your belt, then is a big difference mm. of, of, of is that because it, it's so easy for them to take time from you if you got what I mean it's like oh Alex can you help me with this Alex can you help me with that do you know what I mean yeah of course it is yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 you know, not just that but you want to try and grow them as a, as a yeah, recruiter yeah. as well and start teaching them of bringing their own clients in and of yeah. spotting a, a, a lead and mm. actually getting out there and building relationships and then building their own personal brand rather mm. than um, spoon feeding because yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it, it breeds a, I think a bad recruiter if they're just going to sit there and work on and like, like what I yeah. used to when it was a portal recruiter yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're not learning too much portal recruiter wow it's the first time I heard that <laughs> portal recruiter oh, it sounds futuristic I think mean, it's like an old school old school <laughs> style of recruitment it, you don't but, really get that anymore so so mate let's talk a bit about that because I think there's some, some good stuff in there so you got serious with managing your time so what did you what, where was you like losing time do you, got, do you get what I mean what did you what did you get sort of better at in terms of managing your time what did you change that really enabled you to get hold of your time better as Alex the, the billing manager um, not just reacting to every time someone's got a question making sure you're setting time aside to sit mm. down with people um, is, is probably the key thing really yeah I mean people have a day job and need to be getting on with things right? Yeah, yeah, otherwise yeah. it's just too dis- disruptive mm. um, so setting time aside with, with each person um giving them that your undivided attention and uh, when you do book in that time as opposed yeah, to when you book in that time with people and I'm not necessarily one for micromanaging so mm. jumping on top of people making sure they're hitting their KPIs we're not necessarily a, a hardcore KPI driven yeah. company we're not like a cool sales mm. Uh, you don't strike me as that, mate. No, <laughs> no definitely not. So we we just uh, it was it was just about splitting your day up, making sure you're you're, you're organised on a daily basis. You're yeah, hitting your basic KPIs from like CVs out. And, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, was was there anything else then that that you really started to change or implement in your days as a billing manager that really helped you keep up with the numbers and not take as much as it when you hired another person? These things. Is there anything else then besides time management? I mean, this is a relationship game. So okay. making sure that you're you're not just sitting there doing admin all day, mm. not being distracted from replying to emails all day, mm. and, and out there growing the business and your own your own desk. Mm. Uh, making sure that you're uh, <laughs> making an effort to, to yeah. uh, that that change of mindset, turning it from a chore, thinking oh I've got to go and meet this person, to mm. this is what I need to do to to yeah. grow out this desk. Um, that was a big change. I mean, that, that naturally is a big change. Um, what, the mindset? Yeah, yes. Yeah, you know, by the time, if, if you're a successful manager, yeah. you should be out half a day every day or at least a good good proportion of the day uh, finding out what's going on in the market. So on top of keeping organised, making sure you're out there building relationships, finding out what's mm. going on, keeping on top of trends. Um, and is that because then it's going to ha- help you, I guess, help you grow the team because you doing that is going to enable you to grow the guys underneath you and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely, of course. Mm. Yeah, if you're out there meeting people and taking the guys along with you yeah. to, you know, essentially pass that relationship over, mm. um, it's going to push, force yeah, you to, yeah, to, to step up. I'm talking about grads, you know, guys that come in from 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 the, from the ground up that don't know how yeah. to spell recruitment. 
How so. to spell recruitment. <laughs> 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 so this is completely green people, not like yeah, yeah. No, I get what you mean. Experience. I get what you mean. That, that's fair enough. But because I guess that that can always be a challenge, isn't it? If like you you win an you win an account and you have a really good relationship, then you do pass it on to John, who's now on your team, and it's like, well, okay, well, where's Alex gone? Is he too good to to speak to us now? From the client perspective, do you get what I mean? That's very true. Yeah, that is true. It's um. So is that how you approach that then? I guess how did you approach that? You're always looking at um, the person you're going to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are, it's not going to be worth your time necessarily holding certain relationships. There yeah. are obviously there's some relationships, yeah. um, especially when you're talking to real senior people that you yeah. need to keep hold of because you might have put a lot of time into them and had a, had a yeah, few yeah, beers yeah. with people. Yeah. And you can't be letting go of those relationships because that's going to slowly but surely fizzle out. But mm. um, getting people out there learning from you, you should always obviously learn from people that are more senior from you. I mean, I'm, everyone's constantly learning from mm. uh, working with people that are, that are better than you or got more experience than you. So bringing them with you, even if you didn't hand that, hand that relationship over just to work, understand how you um, work. Yeah, 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 that makes it's sense. Something we slowly start passing over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And ju- just out of interest, mate. Obviously, you don't have to like give me all your all your secrets, but <laughs> <laughs> it was so basically did um, had a conversation. I think I referred to you, uh, referred him to you earlier, but a guy called James. One of the things that he learned at a business that he worked for at a short time, the big, big, big billers, talking five hundred k plus in this uh, agency that he worked for a short period of time. One of the key things that you learn and notice was they all have big accounts, at least one big account, right? And I thought that, that was really interesting. No one's actually sort of pointed that out before. And you said earlier, obviously, about that you, you, you built some big accounts, right? And traditionally, you've worked on accounts that f- fed you a lot of jobs and stuff. So I guess, how, how have you gone about, if I'm a recruiter listening right now, and I'm like, wow, okay, so who, firstly, who are the people in my market that could be a big accounts and these things, but... I, I, I guess like there's a whole longer term approach that you have to take to try and get these big accounts on board or really get to that point where you're getting a lot of business from them. Do you get what I mean? So I guess just from your experience and if you do work with some big accounts, sounds like you do. Is that fair? Yeah. So yeah, like, we what, any advice on like how to navigate to start getting, getting more business from these people, start winning some big accounts or getting them involved um, in, in your recruitment desk or your recruitment business? Well, I mean, the only r- real way you're going to get into a, a, a big account, like a blue chip, mm. is um, by having a very good relationship with someone very senior that's willing to stick their neck out. Okay. Um, if you're going to, you're not going to get anywhere if you're going to approach talent acquisition or HR. Really? You know, they're they're going to have senior. Swerve them. Swerve HR people. Uh. <laughs> 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 no, I know what you mean. If you're going in there cold, they're going to have their template to say they're not, you know, yep. not reviewing their PSL until next year. It's going to yeah. be a classic, uh, classic response. Um, so you have to really go in there with someone they want to hire um, okay. and the manager needs to be willing to say this is who I want to hire it's through so and X, so. Y and Z and, um, so has that been traditionally how you've got in with these these big accounts and so you've built some really good relationships with people that as you said are willing to say to whoever internally well look I actually really need this person Like, yeah. I'd really appreciate if we could I don't know jump, get them to jump through certain hoops or whatever that would really benefit me and my team because they've got this this person that I really need or whatever. Has that tip typically been the route that you've gone down then? Yeah, every time. Really? Every time. It, it has to be. Otherwise, um, okay, you're just gonna get put in a pile, which yeah. is probably never gonna see, be seen again. So what what what's like? What's the um, from your experience then? Like, what's a good way or the best approach to 
find out what these people need? Obviously, you're going to know your market, but like, are you keeping an eye on, okay, so such and such company have advertised for this, blah, blah, blah. And do you know what I mean? I'm sure it's going to be candidates that are going to be sought after in smaller businesses anyway. You're going to know the skill sets that people really want. But like, how do you... Like, how do you keep an eye on what these pe people really need that are going to be willing to, well, Alex has got this person that I, I must, like, put, stick my neck out for. Do you know what I mean? How do you identify that? Well, if you're not talking directly to the hiring manager who's, okay, who's hiring someone, yeah. then you're, you're, you're probably going to be speaking to a couple of people in their team who's, mm. or, or, you know, you might call someone for reverse BD and just say, I've got this awesome role. Tell reverse BD? Yeah, yeah, out of it. What do you mean? Oh, oh well, as in like, so speak to senior... Speak to a candidate. Senior candidate so about a potential job. someone in that team that you're targeting, you might yeah. have mapped out this this particular client. This is if you don't know the, the ultimate decision maker. Yeah, yeah. Um, line up two or three people uh, to speak to them about future roles, um, find out what's going on in their team, yeah. what the issues are, what they're looking, mm -hmm. and um, find a rock star that you can then maybe a speak rock into star. the, 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 the it's head It's got to be a rock star in it. Yeah, so it has to be. <laughs> so that generally, that's been how you've. So I guess if you if you if you're attacking something, that, that's yeah, yeah. So if you cold. know that if you've mapped out, there's this there's this huge business which if I can get a piece of that pie, it's going to really benefit my recruitment business and recruitment yeah. desk. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess after that, it's like rinse and repeat. You got to really deliver, and again, it's coming back to providing a really good service and being good at what you do. But that's that's some real practical advice that's helps you get into big accounts. Yeah. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Okay, mate. Interesting. So I guess let's talk a bit about um, why did you move to America? Um, no, I started doing a lot of business over there. Really? Yeah. So before I moved out there, two years leading up to it, I started to do quite a bit of business over there with, with some big big names again. Yeah. Um, and some of those clients were ones that were working with in the UK that naturally said, can you hire for me in the US? Ah. Because um, I was going to say, how did you approach it? Did you so? How long was that period before you went to America? Was, how much like yeah? How long was the period where you was doing business from the UK in America before about you went? Two years, really. Yeah, leading up to it, it was about two or years. Was that a conscious decision? Like uh, it was. Yeah, it yeah. was. In, in the back of my head, I always wanted to. Um, I always loved America. From, really, from a kid. Yeah, so I always had this interest of doing business over there. Not that I necessarily started off thinking that. I was going to move over there and set the, set, set yeah, yeah, the yeah, business yeah. up. But, but you liked... To you make liked. a trip over there from time to time. and Yeah. Yeah, that sort of routine. And then um, and then it got to a point where we were doing so much business out there. It was a... It was a No-brainer. Executive decision to open, okay. open an office. Just quickly then, again, thinking of people listening, I think we were saying obviously before that obviously um, recruiters, I'm sure it's come on their radar where, oh my God, you can move to America. There's bigger fees. You can earn a lot more money. The word recruitment and recruiter is perceived in a different way over there. All this. Mm. If I'm a if I'm a UK recruiter right now and I'm I've recognised that the sector that I'm in and the businesses I work with do have American arms and there are opportunities. They do have businesses in America and these things. Did that happen quite naturally, or did, how did you? I'm sure it maybe happened naturally, but also how did you then proactively cultivate the opportunities to place people in, in America with the clients that you had in the UK? How did you approach that? Um, well, if you're working with a big brand and you know they've got offices, I mean, if you're working with a client, you should know where where yeah, yeah, where, sure. the, where the um, satellite offices are, yeah, uh, or the headquarters are, yeah, yeah. And uh, conversations just come up. I mean, if you've got a good relationship, you should have good relationships yeah, with yeah, clients. Yeah. So, um, 
you should understand what what their issues are, what, where their where their teams are globally. Mm-hmm. And if they say they're in they're in New York, then you propose the idea. Of, <laughs> okay, well look, I can help. Or they come to you. You know, if you're doing a good job, which you know it, you should be, then mm. they I guess I know it, I know it sounds simple, but it's like ask. Absolutely, ask. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Do you know a, what I mean? a lot of the time they'll suggest to you. Can you can recruit for us? And is it? Oh, is it something you can do, Alex? Yeah. Well, so how did you approach that though? Because I'm sure, obviously, at a period you hadn't done it before. Did you say, look? I haven't done it before, but I can probably mo- I back myself to deliver and find people. Like, or did you just say, "Yeah, I can do that"? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, if that you know, that you you can you assume that client knows you can deliver. Yeah. Um, and you've got a good enough relationship with you where he always turns to you to recruit for them. Then you, if he says he's hiring overseas, and you say yes, I can do it. You okay. Always got to jump on it, even yeah. if you necessarily can't succeed. You got to give it a go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And nine times out of ten, if you're a good recruiter, you're going to fill the role. Yeah, you, know, you yeah. don't necessarily have to be in that location to to fill the role. There's a lot of satellite offices around the world or incubators. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I did two years of business. I think the last, the final year of me working in the US when I was based in the UK, about eighty percent of the work I was doing was in the US. Really? Yeah, which goes to show that you don't need to be based in that yeah. location. Um, why is that? Do you think? Like, why you don't need to be based in that location? Obviously, there's benefits of being in the location, but why do you think that? Because a lot of people would say that, wouldn't they? Be like. Alex, but how could I do that from the UK? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, so like, why do you why do you think that that's easily it is achievable? Because clearly you did it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of recruitment companies that are um, doing European recruitment that mm. only work in Germany or Scandinavia. And it's the same yeah, principle. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to be based there with with technology. Um, as long as you can work the hours, because you might have to stay up an extra five hours yeah, to, yeah. to answer calls. Did you do like American hours then? Um, sometimes, yeah, we had to make sure we're on the, on the Conference calls or, mm. or or arranging things at certain hours. Yeah, so you to be honest, recruitment's a lifestyle, isn't it? You're, most recruiters are answering emails at the weekends or mm. just before they get into bed. And My missus wouldn't allow that, mate. Turn. <laughs> no, it doesn't You've got do to switch, off, you yeah. got to switch off, mate. <laughs> so I guess a few things on that then, because look, again, thinking of the people listening, um, what 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 were firstly, what were some of the? Uh, again, it seems like it went well, but. What were some of the challenges that you had to overcome or get better with when you first started doing more American business? Like, how did people receive Alex Stone from the UK calling me from UK, but it's about jobs in America or whatever? Do you know what I mean? Like, what were some of the challenges that I guess you got better at um, solving in these things as you were doing more and more American business? What were some of the things that you came up with against early on? Well, I mean, generally, I find US recruitment a lot easier than London recruitment really? people are more receptive to replying to you your emails or your messages really? or, or phone why calls why is that because um, that isn't the first time I've heard that no yeah so why is that do you think um, just because I think recruitment is looked at differently over there how's it looked in, in the UK it's such a saturated market that these yeah. guys get hounded all day every day yeah. uh, and in the UK I don't think they necessarily look it at it as a, as a sales job or as a, as a as a pest that's hounding me all the time. I, really? think, I think it's looked at as um, a necessary function. You know? Really? Like they have different job titles over there. So I... That's why you called a country director. Country director. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's interesting. Though. So, how, so how did that help then? Did that mean that it enabled you to build relationships quicker? It enabled you to, yeah, get, influence people? What, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? How did that help? How did that perception help? Do you know what I mean? How did that help you? Um, just because you know you're you're making a lot of traction over there with mm. with people that are answering to to your calls and that naturally progresses into oh by the way I'm hiring and yeah, yeah, yeah. that that 
that balloons out into more clients and more opportunity and um but because people are more open to recruitment over there or speaking to recruiters it's just uh it's it's, it's, it's a different world to be honest really it's, yeah i'd go as far as it's a different that. world yeah okay let's definitely dive into that when obviously to talk about when you move down and stuff but I guess so. Then, in terms of like j- just out of curiosity for me, like was you like videoing calling people and stuff, or was it all a lot predominantly done over the phone? I, don't know, I did like one that? video call. Really? No, it was all over the phone. Yeah, over the phone. Over emails. Yeah. Also, I've never obviously recruited in your market, but like, so obviously you were, obviously you would have been good at understanding if someone's good or not. But was that did, would that that never become a challenge and sort of really gauging if someone was good just over a phone call? It obviously was a challenge, you know, to not look in the whites of someone's eyes. That's what I mean. It's always going to be difficult, yeah. And, that, and that's why most businesses, I mean, that's why the UK businesses are flooding the US shores at the moment, but mm. um, it's not absolutely necessary. Mm. Again, it goes back to all these recruitment companies that do European recruitment and solely European recru- recruitment, mm. and they're based here in the UK. Mm. Um, it, it still works. Okay. Yeah. Okay, mate. So to wrap, to wrap that up, mm. Alex... If I'm a if I'm a UK recruiter right now, <coughs> I've identified there is an opportunity to get some more American business. Mm. My clients will tell me, look, d- definitely I need help in America, blah blah blah. What's like your go-to advice for people if they want to start building out more of an American, um, more of an American market in terms of get to their point where eighty percent of it, so they could move over, whatever. Do you know what I mean? So, firstly, I guess you would would you definitely recommend doing a good stint before you went over there, as opposed to like going over there then starting. Oh, oh, yeah, you have to. I think you're setting yourself up for, um, no, not every time, but I know a lot of people have moved over there to a cold company cold, yeah. to set up cold and they're struggling. It's, it's pretty yeah, tough. Yeah. So you, you need to have some kind of a foundation over there, some, mm-hmm. some business already moving to, to, to grow upon. Okay. Um, but if you have an opportunity mm-hmm. to, to do that, then I, my advice is jump at it. Really? Yeah, well, I did. So I'm going to be a bit You jumped, mate. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, so you moved over there. So you've lived in what? What? Where do you live? Brooklyn. Really? Yeah, we're based in Brooklyn. I think most of the guys are, ba- other than one, is in Manhattan, but mostly really? in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's the cool part of town. Really? Yeah. And how many of you guys? How many people are in your team now in America? There are eight of us. Um, two in the UK as well, who are going to be moving over. Okay. So yeah, so they're yeah. doing a bit similar to what you did then. Yeah. Well, they've only just started with us, so. Oh, okay. Um, that makes sense. Okay. So I mean, firstly, mate, let's talk a bit about obviously boy from Essex mm. living in Brooklyn boy from Essex in Brooklyn what's yeah. that like awesome. it's mad where recruitment can take you can't it it is ne- you never you never think that no no you digging into my, my past makes me think oh, when I first started recruitment I didn't even know or care about <laughs> recruitment it was just like a throwaway conversation which ended up in me living in Brooklyn yeah yeah and it's, it's obviously awesome it's a great career to get into mm. yeah, all, all the all the negative reputation that recruitment yeah. has um don't quite get it. Cause I think it's a great job. Mm. Mm. Really, you actually think that? Well, it is, yeah. It is. It gets you traveling the world. Whether you live somewhere, you know, if you're doing overseas recruitment, you need to go and um, you're always out, not just sitting behind a desk all yeah, day, yeah, you're yeah, out yeah. meeting people, and it's a it's a people's game. Mm. Um, yeah, Brooklyn's a great place. What, what, so, what, what have been what have been some of the sort of key differences that you've had to get used to then living in in Brooklyn, living in America? Cost of living's a big one. Really? Yeah. What, really, a lot more expensive? A lot more expensive, yeah. I'd go as far as saying if double, if not triple, the, the what you're used to spending in the UK. But then salaries reflect that. What you earn reflects that. Hence why the fees are so big over there. Mm. Um, why are they so big? Like, is that, is that generally true, that the fees are bigger over there? 100%, yeah. Well, I mean, you, uh, people earn more money. So, you're so eight, what, salaries are higher? Salaries are higher, but not just that. I mean, you, you 
you always the UK industry your clients a lot of clients try and push people down whereas in the US they're pretty open to much higher percentages from 25 to 35% which in the UK no. you never really hear of that too much oh my god you definitely don't no so and with that in itself answers yeah. how why the fees are so big <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough no because you know it's just classic innit it's like you've got a recruiter down down the pub going yeah America's great blah 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 but it's like is, is it really mate or are you just it is it, don't get me like, wrong it's hard graft it's just as hard graft it's, yeah. not, it's not easy at all especially if you're just setting up over there and, and thinking about moving, moving over but um, I think if you've been doing recruitment for a while in the UK and you're thinking of moving over there you're used to quite a lot of knockbacks in the UK mm-hmm. um, so one or two deals over there is it's the equivalent of Worth it, yeah. a lot more in the UK. So, like, if I, if I, so, I mean, the whole living there and, and these things, like, if I'm if I'm a UK recruit right now and a rector in my ear going, look, there's this amazing opportunity in New York, blah, 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 mm. what should I be thinking about? Because you're, you're 18 months in now living there, yeah? Yeah. So what what should I be thinking about that the rector not telling me about? Do you know what I mean? Um, definitely try and get some kind of accommodation tied in. Really? For the first for the initial Why first that? month anyway well if you've never spent much time in New York you don't know where to live you yeah. can't just go in there and it, it's difficult with, with um, finding a home they typically go within two day, two or three days sure, it's really. that quick yeah property's not on the market for long so that so basically if you can if, if yeah if you can get some sort of accommodation sort of this let one less thing to worry about yeah or, or if not you make sure you just set yourself a hotel or an Airbnb for the first month and then mm. and then discover where you want to live and jump at any opportunity to to, to move into a place that you like the look of really? uh, and just, yeah, just explore the areas because Manhattan in itself is huge Brooklyn's it's huge a lot of people and consist of five boroughs although most people either live in Queens or Brooklyn or, or Manhattan yeah. uh, or even Harlem so like what would you would you recommend people to actually before they accept any sort of job there and if actually try and experience it at least or like yeah if you've never been before you need to go out there and, really? and experience it yeah try and understand how is it lo- compared to London hot a lot hotter yeah <laughs> yeah uh, weather's completely different uh, extremes winters are really cold really Hot, I've, heard, I've heard it smells no, no <laughs> <laughs> someone told me that I, I don't know they said New from. York absolutely stinks maybe on a lot of the subways they do yeah, <laughs> yeah but um, no I mean that, that side of it the cost of living um, how busy is it uh, do you know what I mean everyone, everyone has a perception of London is like it's chaos blah 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 but again New York is like another level, blah, like everyone's just like zoom. No one, no one, no one looks at each other. It's just like do you know, that. That's what the typical perception of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'd say Manhattan's uh, very close to that. Really, Manhattan's like mental. In a sense. Yeah, but Brooklyn's a lot more. Um, you get a lot more time, a lot more space, really? more green space. Whereas Manhattan's obviously an island, and it's I mean, some of the areas are just like Leicester Square. You know, it's just really? flashing lights and people pushing each other past, and yellow nah. cabs beeping everywhere. They're not shy of a, of a toot. Really, bibbing everywhere and yeah. Okay, so being at eighteen months, yeah, I guess. Yep. <coughs> how what? How much of an impact has it had in terms of you living over there now and, and obviously continuing to build this business? Has it, has it helped? Um, sorry, what do you mean? So obviously now you moved because obviously you built it before you went two yeah, years, right? Yeah, and yeah. now being over there, has it has it actually helped you grow it better? Have you? Is it enabled you to meet more people, build more relationships? Like, has it has it given you sort of a real positive to continue growing, growing the team over there actually been over there yeah yeah well I mean as I said you need, you need to have some kind of foundation to go over there upon um, and I've been doing it for about two years before so because I'd, I'd done that I had some people to start meeting with and relationships yeah, pretty yeah, good yeah. I mean leading up to two years I, I come out every quarter so I knew these people reasonably well who yeah, then yeah. introduced me to so and so yeah and at that point 
you can start um, hiring managers move to other companies and then they take you along with them. And yeah, yeah, you yeah. need to have something to move into, I think. I think that's pretty critical to mm. being successful over there. Don't get me wrong, there's some awesome recruiters out there yeah, that I'm yeah. sure could uh, hit the ground running from, from day one and do some cold mm. calls. And but, but being on the ground, how has that helped you? Do you know what I mean? Like now being in America, in New York, like has 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 it helped you a lot? Yeah, yeah, of course it has. You know, being able to get out of there and get that FaceTime, you know, yeah, that's that that relationship side rather than just being a on the phone, a number, yeah, over the phone or just an email that replying to. You, you, that's how that's how business is done. Mm. That's how I've always done business. That's how we've always done business. Yeah, business. Yeah, 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 it's a relationship driven job. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's it's really important okay. to get some time over there. And then I think you said so. Then for the last like. Two, two and a bit years. Do you say you you have been a bit less involved in terms of like billings or whatever, like just a bit a bit more hands off? Is that right? Uh, yeah, I have been. I have been. Yeah, just helping to um, everything. I mean, the, the team around us are all senior over there, so everyone's kind of running their own their own desks. But uh, some of the accounts we've got are pretty big, so it's about um, growing now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm over there um, from an operations standpoint, from a uh, client relationship management standpoint. So I've been, I mean, don't get me wrong, I still get hands on if, if there's a role I really want to jump on, if I know the, the right person for the role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, that's... How have you found that then? Has that been, an in, has that been a sort of an interesting transition Good, for you? Yeah. Is that something that you wanted wanted to do? Yeah, it's it's um, it's kind of been moving towards that for a little while. Has it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've definitely noticed year on year, less and less hands on. So um, when I can, I get, I get my hands involved. But yeah. Yeah. I guess what, what I'd love to sort of dive into a bit, mate, before we sort of start wrapping up and stuff, like, obviously, <coughs> how how have you done billings-wise? Done all right? Yeah, done all right. Yeah? Done all right, yeah. What's been your best year? Uh, well, last year was our first full year um, in the US, like 12 months, being based over there. Because yeah. we moved over, I moved over in December 17, there's another chap who started just before me over there, who we'd worked with before in yeah. 36. Um, so... Yeah, 2018 was our first first full year. How'd you do? Uh, good, good, about 600. Really? Yeah. That's no joke, that mate. Well, it's the first year, mate. That's a real, no, that's a real, that's legit. Yeah, <laughs> mate, that's no joke, mate. That's <laughs> class. That's amazing, right? Yeah, we've, we've done we've done well actually. Mm. First year, we've we've we have done well. Yeah. Yeah. What well, I guess part of that, like anything, in, do you think he's that sort of enable you to do that? Um, I think I think a lot of people want to think a lot. Of, a lot of recruitment businesses I've, I hear about want to get as many clients as possible, as quick as possible, mm. uh, and not focus on one core mm. client. Mm. And something we started doing last year, I mean, last year we only had, it's only until Christmas, there was three of us, four of us. Mm. Um, and we just focused on one real core client, a couple of the smaller ones, but mm. and just making sure we did a good job with that. Yeah. And now, you know, we're halfway through into the second year and there's quite a lot of people have left that client and take us along with them and, relationships are turning to yeah. a lot more and so so what you're saying is that actually as you were saying a lot of people were very quick to be like right we need to get jobs on we need to get clients through the door blah 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 but can sometimes be a bit complacent with the relationships that they probably work really hard to get and have that same energy as to like at the beginning when they want it and they win it da, 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 and not put a lot of energy into maintaining it expanding it and growing it in terms of the, the key relationships they already have. Yeah, they should yeah. focus on, I mean, my advice would be just focus on, if it's a big account, yeah, 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 enough yeah. to feed a, you know, a whole company. Yeah. Um, just for, do a good job of one client and then when, when you're ready, take on a second client, do mm. a really good job of that and then just grow it out rather mm. than 
chasing your tail. Yeah, yeah. And I guess from from your perspective, mate, I'd be interested to hear s- some things around like so the people that have been around you. Mm. Um, I guess obviously now from operation standpoint, and it, obviously a big part for you now is making sure that everyone is doing well and excelling and these things. Like, what what are some of the sort of common things that you've seen that have sort of stopped people from taking it to the to the next level or yeah at that sort of 200 300 mark or even less than that and, and break to the next level like what are some of the common things that you've seen in, in your experience uh, people getting complacent um people not having a speciality i think that's critical niche is key yeah everyone needs to have their you know if a role comes across the company and mm. it sits within your discipline you should be confident you're going to feel that mm. um and that's a good starting point to loads of things from bd to uh, being a successful biller mm. so i think that's um a pretty important side of, of being successful mm-hmm. and then on top of that it's just again being organised keeping on top of your day um, mm. making sure you're doing things you know the ABCs follow up follow ups and mm. things in your diary and which I get falls underneath organisation but mm. um, what does a typical typical Alex day look like then what's your what's your structure mate it seems like you've got your organisation down you say that it's, <laughs> it's still difficult to organise every day but what, what, what do you what do you make like what's the tip what does it, how's your typical day structured Get in the morning, reply to what I need to reply to. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and just just make sure I'm out there on my meetings. Okay, so is it predominantly made up of meetings then? Uh, a lot of the days I'm out of the office. Yeah, I'd really? say about quarter to half of the day I'm out out meeting people. Mm. Or, or days that I'm not out on meetings, it's just um, moving things along with end clients. Yeah, we've got yeah. quite we've, you know we work with quite a lot of people now. So and I'm the account manager of a lot of clients. Oh so, really? Yeah. So, so they deal with Alex Stone. That's um, who they deal with. For for a, a few clients, yeah, yeah, which is a, a full time job in itself. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah, and so yeah, obviously, there's, there's there's eight of us now, so it's making you know, checking in with guys from from time to time. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We, I mean, we don't do any micromanaging. I say everyone's pretty. Yeah, you senior, don't strike so. me as like you're going to be on my case about my call times. <laughs> don't no. think you would. No, we don't. It's too much time and effort isn't it if people need watching and managing like that they're even mm. you know, junior is that what is that sort of been a conscious thing again though, like it seems like if i'm if i'm working in your team right now it's really like obviously i know alex can help me but it's sort of i'm i'm you're approaching it that i'm building my own sort of business within orbis and these things is that very much is that what you're trying to encourage these people to do yeah i mean they should be building their own little business within a business they yeah. should be running their own desk and wanting to grow out their reputation um without being Spoke to every hour, seeing what they're doing. Yeah, and no one, no one wants to work in that environment. That's, mm. In my eyes, that's an old school style yeah, of recruitment. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's, that's the model we have, and it works. Yeah, yeah, mate. What I'd be interested to get your uh, thoughts on, because you see me as someone that's you're just willing to jump straight into things mm. and just crack on. <laughs> where where does um, mindset fit into all this for you? Like, is that something that? you've got better at like how like have you got better at dealing with with the shit times like have you got better do you know what i mean where does mindset fit in with this sort of alex journey and how important is it to you as a recruiter and as you continue sort of developing your career uh you need to be persistent and you can't let mm. you know a no turn you that break you down and yeah. start throwing a tantrum um because that's that's constantly going to happen if you have that resilience mm. and that level of thick skin which in recruitment you've got to be how did you cultivate that though how do you sorry? How did you cultivate that? Um, just brush it off, park it, <laughs> move on, move on to the next one, and make sure you follow up with them again soon. You know, yeah, let them know that you're there to help. Mm. Um, if you, I mean, if you're confident that you are providing a better solution than what they already have, um, 
then you kind of convince yourself that's, yeah, that's the way yeah, to, yeah. to get through it. How do you get it into? How do you get more of that into your guys? Because no, that that is a big thing, right? That resilience, that thick skin, mm. it's hard, right? So look, I guess how how do you how do you sort of try and cultivate that within your team? Because I'm sure no doubt sometimes they're grabbing addicts, going, "Mate, I'm just I'm getting rejected left, right, and centre here. Like I'm struggling. I'm I'm not getting through to any clients, or I'm not being able to grow this account or whatever. Like what? How do you try and cultivate that in your people? Just tend to take a step back, really? not, to, not to get beaten from it. Really? Yeah, just um, do their ABCs and um, ABCs. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, you, if you're doing recruitment a little while, you know, you shouldn't be getting too upset from things. I mean, some people are emotional; then they they're yeah. never really going to change. Mm. Um, but once once you've you've calmed down, yeah, uh, you should be able to just follow it up and just it's perspective in that. Just understand that, yeah, that you do get knockbacks, mm. um, and there's there's plenty of business out there. Mm. I think we were um, I think we were speaking. Um, Earlier, when you mentioned about <laughs> obviously, obviously, people, UK people moving over to America and struggling and finding it hard. Mm. I guess again, people people listening to this who um, might be over there and just find it hard. As I mentioned, the um, guy that I live with, he, he's been very open about it. Tom, that he moved from from London, uh, moved from the UK to New York, and like just it was just, just absolute chaos. Like just ate him up alive. Like it just it was horrible. You told me the experience is like it just it literally just ate me alive. I guess <coughs> anyone that <coughs> has might have found themselves in a bit of that predicament. Obviously, you're 18 months in in now, so I guess is there anything to to share around that before we finish? In terms of anyone that you, that any advice for for people to get over that period or help with that period? Because no doubt it, it's not all roses over in Brooklyn, is it? It's going to be tough. Of course, it's not. No, it's not. And um, I guess that comes back to my last point. You've just got to be persistent with this game. Really? Yeah, you've got to be persistent and make sure, making sure you're out there, not just sitting mm. behind an inbox and hoping something's going to come in. Did, did you, I guess, so um, I know you said that obviously you live with your partner over there. Like, obviously, how important is like having a social element out there? Because that, that must be tough as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that is a massive part of it. If you're just going to lock yourself in, in yeah. your bedroom when you finish work, that is going to eat away at you when you know your family and friends are back home. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. getting yourself involved in... The American culture. Yeah, go and play some American football. Yeah, they do over there. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess just just to wrap that up, mate. This whole American piece. Like, what what are the main? Obviously, from your experience, you meant you've touched on a few things, but I just want to make sure that everyone listening has sort of takes those key takeaways. But like, what are the main American? What are the main differences from a, a being in a recruit in America to being a recruit in, in the UK? Like, what are the sort of main differences that you really noticed now being there, for, now doing it for a while? Oh, there's loads. There's loads. Talk it's, to me, mate. it's different worlds. I mean, from um, just from the mindset of uh, what a recruiter is, okay, is is definitely different. Probably the main thing. Really? Yeah. I mean, a recruiter is taken as a serious profession over there. Whereas over here, it's definitely a sales um, chore for yeah, an eye yeah, manager yeah. to work a recruiter because they've probably got you know, well, they more than likely have got multiple recruiters knocking on the door trying to work with them yeah, alongside yeah. the recruiters that they are working with with yeah. if it's a big company tactical yeah. position trying to fill their roles and yeah. whereas over there it's um hiring managers are open to talking to you directly they're open to you sending them a good profile if they've never spoke to you before they're, they're definitely more open to giving you a chance okay um i i i i've i found before i went out there someone said to me that um generally um the American culture is more willing to pay for a service than, than really, the UK. That's interesting. And have uh, you found that? I found that. Really, yeah, I've definitely found that. They give you a chance, but only one chance. If you mess it up, then they're probably not going to give you another chance. Really? but they're more open to that initial chance. Whereas here, 
it's almost a closed door and you've got to be more creative yeah, you've got and to find do, your yeah. way around that's it. That's so true. And that's why there's so many um, successful recruiters in, in London. Because mm. you know, it's, it's hard work. There's a lot of competition. Yeah, there's yeah. no saturated market in London. Um, yeah, yeah, of course and that's why the best recruiters in the world are, are from London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that alongside, you know, things like the contract market doesn't really exist over there. Like the UK is a contract market. Visas, you need to learn about visas. Um, cost of living, relocating. People are more willing to relocate over there, really? over there than they are for some, you speak to someone from London and say, yeah. I've got a job for you in Germany. Not, you're probably going to... Yeah, there's a lot more hurdles to go through, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, dev centers, places like all recruitment companies now of flooding over to, to Austin or to San Francisco or to mm. Seattle or Nashville or Chicago, all these places that weren't really on the cards five, yeah. six years ago. Did you, do you recruit predominantly in, is, is, New, uh, Bro- is it Brooklyn you're based, did you say? So do you predominantly recruit in your state and only your state or do you do stuff outside your state and is that realistic and it, achievable? A, a decent percentage of our work is in our state, but now we work outside of a few other states because really? again, going back to some clients, want, can you hire for me in, yeah, in yeah, this yeah. state? And, you don't want to go spreading yourself too thin. You want to mm. specialize in your area, but um, mm. and you, and you should as well. You want you want to make sure you're you're, you're owning that owning it, yeah. that geographic. And I guess what um just just quickly, mate, before um we finish again, just some real practical advice. Like the, the whole visa situation, what's what's the crack there? So like, if I'm a UK recruiter, what what do I need? Just like basics. What do I need to be able to consider a job in the American recruitment market? A company that's going to sponsor you. Oh, is, it, is that how it works? Yeah. So you've got to be sponsored. Sponsored or, or marry an American. Oh, wow. <laughs> I Get on it. Tinder, people. Change the location. <laughs> <laughs> Open up your radius. <laughs> yeah, they're the only two ways. I, really? I, I think you can get in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right, mate. Well, look, um, before I finish, I always like to ask people what, what, what you're excited about. So what's going on in uh, Alex's world that you want to shout about or what, what's going on in your world that you're excited about at the moment? Well, I mean... So I just go home to your dog, it sounded like. Yeah, I got my little dog back home. Snoop. So, Matt, do you view America's home now? Obviously, it's early on, but... It's, when you're, yeah, Are you excited to, like, do you know what I mean? It's definitely home. The novelty of being in America, you know, your, your tail starts wagging when you get to JFK, and it's, oh, my God, this is home. I can't believe it. It's, um, yeah, that must be mad. Because yeah. I get that with London, but I'm only, like, a year and a bit. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you so do. I can imagine you do. That. I think it took, took about yeah, a year and a half for it to start being really? home, and it not really bothering you. you got, like, loads of American mates? Uh, I think a lot of my, most of my mates are English, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I did things like going and joined a couple of football teams. Did you? Yeah, or uh, soccer teams. and um, oh, Soccer, yeah. Yeah, things like meetups so you can go and get involved yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, what, what are you excited about, mate? What's going on? Uh, well, I mean, we're, we're massively ramping up. We're growing. We're, you know, we're hiring um, like an internal recruiter soon and mm. to help us ramp up. We're looking to open up an office uh, probably in San Francisco or oh, in really? Texas next year. Um, are you, what are you going to end up moving over there, or are you happy with? Open am I? Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, going to set up a, a, a different space. It depends how business goes, obviously. But yeah, yeah. yeah we're we're looking to um, open up a couple of offices because we're we're doing a lot of business in other other yeah. states now as well. So. Nice, mate. It's mm. exciting. Yeah, there's a lot going on. So look, la- last question. I ask it to everyone. You can answer it with a, a phrase, a sentence, a word, <laughs> whatever comes to mind. Okay. Um, basically, if you could, if Alex could communicate to every single recruiter out there, they'd take on your advice, they'd listen. What would you say? Um, be persistent. Don't let things get you down. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people give up, throw the hat in after. If it's for people that are just starting out, just mm. um, 
make sure you stick to your guns make sure you're always you know learning from the best in the room um keep going yeah just don't don't get bummed about things because if you're going to start throwing a paddy uh, and letting things um get to you emotionally then it probably isn't the right game for you sales is graft it's hard graft yeah, it's hard. everyone knows it in recruitment knows it takes it takes a lot a lot of hours to to get to the point where you need to be but if you're asking the right questions and or asking questions a lot um don't be afraid to to go and nag you know, top biller and ask him how he's doing it yeah, yeah. um that's, that's that's definitely what's going to get you to the next level nice mate well uh, thanks for your time mate cool enjoyed yeah, that nice thanks a lot